I remember the story like this. It was a dark and scary night, kind of like tonight. Twenty-five years ago, a horrible crime was committed in the town of Cherry Falls. Now... You haven't heard about Rod and Stacy? Did they break up? Break up! Wake up! They're dead! What their parents hid in the past... Nobody has seen or heard of her for over 25 years. Mom, do you know anything about a woman named Laura Lee Sherman? No. Why? Is haunting the present. Who is it? Is your mom home? No. She didn't tell you I was coming by. Four teenagers have been killed. A fifth viciously attacked. All victims appeared to be virgins. <laughs> To Definitely First Blood. I'm Christopher. And I'm Mitch. And we are putting on voices. <laughs> uh, you know what else we're doing? A horror podcast. Yes, we are a horror movie podcast. We talk about horror movies of the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, and sometimes today, but not all of the yeah. time today. And you're sick of hearing that. So. I love it. Hello. Hello. Uh how are you? <laughs> I'm good. We actually talked yeah. about this before, so um, we're going to start like a new segment that we're going to do sometimes Yeah. at the start of the show, just because um, we watch a lot of movies. A lot of very obscure yes. movies. And so a lot of them are just like too boring or too bad where we don't want to talk about them they couldn't possibly warrant like yeah. a whole episode would not be interesting and to i don't want to waste my time talking about them more than i need mm-hmm. to so we're gonna talk about like movies that don't quite make the cut yeah anyone's cut no cuts at all yeah these are sub four stars <laughs> on imdb yeah so this <laughs> this week we have two that we wanted to talk about they're mm-hmm. both very like uh, similar in nature yeah they're both uh, basically alien yeah rip-offs. alien ripoffs the one is like a hills have eyes meets alien ripoff mm-hmm. so they're in the desert yeah. instead <laughs> um so we watched two movies this week mm-hmm. the one was called mind ripper it was from 1995 mm-hmm. it has giovanni ribisi lance henriksen and natasha wagner in it i honestly cannot believe that it was from 1995 it was so bad it was so bad like it's very rare that we come across a movie where we don't finish it and i think we made it 20 minutes in and we were just like we can't do this like, like this is just it's so just bad. not and it's not that it was because i mean even the really bad ones you can be like wow look at this i think we watched the other one yeah <laughs> at least uh, like wow look at this this is so weird and uncomfortable or whatever but this one was it so was boring so bad 
so boring boring and nonsensical. It really made no sense. They are trying to create a super soldier ultimate specimen. using they named Thor. Using DNA or whatever, some sort of science, evil science. Uh, And you know what the best candidate for this procedure would be, Christopher? A suicide desert man. Yeah, a guy who shot himself in the head in the middle of the desert that they just happened to come across. Yeah, that makes sense. I Perfect. Mean, I mean, it's right there. <laughs> if you're looking for a brain that's uh, going to be good for this, too, I mean, someone who's totally obliterated their brain with a bullet definitely makes sense. Exactly. And they didn't even want it to begin with. So um, why give it back to them? Cursing him with life after life. Really sucks and frankly rude. And it was bad and don't watch it. And we stopped watching it. We so did. We don't know what happens to the scientist I, family I, going on vacation. Yeah, I assume the daughter's boyfriend dies and the other three live would be my yeah, guess. Probably. And probably all the doctors... And then the lady doctor probably like sacrifices herself at the very end as like a, yeah. no, you go. She's tough as nails. Yeah. But she doesn't, she <laughs> still has a heart. Uh, and then the other one, oh, very yeah. similar plot. This one we actually watched all the way through. I can't remember what year it was from. It was, I think, 89, I want to say, but I can't be asked to look it up. I'm fairly certain. You're right. So it was called The Terror Within. It had. Um, no one famous, I don't think. And if it does, who cares? Because the they, the guy was in the Fury, like the one guy he was in the movie The Fury with uh, Sue Snell from Carrie, nice. which is a good movie. I like that movie, but beyond the point, this was not a good movie. <laughs> um, so in this one, there are it's post-apocalyptic, mm-hmm. one of our favorite genres. I love it. And gargoyles have taken over the earth. Yeah, I forget. They try to come up with some sort of cure or something, but it turns, yeah. kills people. It, it, and then know. the ones that doesn't kill turns into guard. It's sort of like I Am Legend, but much, much, So we've much got worse. like a science team wearing matching jumpsuits who live in the desert, beneath the ground, mm-hmm. in, under this like shack in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, but it's like a high-tech sort of bunker. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was shot in the same place that the Hills Have Eyes remake was shot too, because there was like a lot of very... Familiar set pieces. Ah, nice. That makes sense. In the desert, anyway. Um, So these gargoyles, they they rape women and impregnate women. Yeah, and then they kill the men. Yeah, there's like chest instead of like chest breakers. Yeah, I am saying the wrong word, but chest bursters. Yeah, yeah. That whatever sternum blasters. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So they just burst out of the stomach. Yeah, like a. Involuntary C-section. Yeah. One positive about the movie, it was very uh, pro-choice, which I, yeah. I did I did appreciate. Yep. Uh, that was definitely a huge topic of the movie. Uh, ultimately, one of the, the lady scientists who has no character traits at all, mm-hmm. other than being uh, frail lady scientist number two. Yep. Um, so she is dating our main character while they're boning. And she ends up getting taken and impregnated by one of the gargoyle creatures and then they save her like it was only a couple minutes and the other lady scientist and the action dude Mm -hmm. they uh, they rescue her and they bring her down and they find out she's pregnant Mm -hmm. but for some reason lady scientist thinks that she's pregnant before all of this so she couldn't yeah. possibly be pregnant with with this guy's baby. yeah and the the guy is like excited he's like no don't worry yeah 
And the impregnated woman is like super insistent. She's like, I want this out of me. Thanks. (laughs) This is not, I know this isn't, I was not pregnant. Mm -hmm. This is a monster. So she ends up killing herself. Yeah. Because they won't. Subtle. Subtle. It's not a baby. It's a monster. It's a monster. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. There's so much, there's lasers in it that only have four, five, you can only fire them four times before the battery runs out. Okay. (laughs) Only f- and they explicitly say that. Uh, what else is there? Um, that fat guy. It. Yeah. That old fat guy who was like on the boss for some reason. And like the the set was very strange. It was like, oh, here's these automatic sliding doors. There, it was probably made on like fifteen dollars and shot in an office building yeah. in like <laughs> Santa Monica. Yeah. <laughs> it was so. They bad. just like did the hallways up. It was so bad and like offensively bad very as bad. well no yeah. thanks we wouldn't recommend either of them nope uh and i hope we did a great job not selling them yeah if you <laughs> want to buy them from us so take take those memories from us oh for sure yeah we yeah. could use that time for something else so in addition to that we've been like we've been sort of like pitching different ideas back and forth of things we can do uh-huh. um so sometimes i think we're gonna do like this shitty movie that we can't we don't care about yeah, man. at the beginning. And then um, Mitch reads a lot of books. Yeah. So he's been reading a lot of horror fiction lately. So I think sometimes it's going to be him sort of giving a brief review synopsis of uh, the books that he's reading and sounds, maybe giving some, some suggestions. Sounds good to me, man. I'm excited <laughs> to do what I already have to lined up to talk about yeah. for next week. So today um, we are talking about Cherry Falls from the year 2000. Kind of a, a forgotten slasher movie in the post-Scream uh, universe. Which is a real shame because yeah. it's really good. I'll talk about it after the movie, or like after we talk about the movie. But um, yeah, there was a lot of production issues and stuff that really led to this sort of uh, falling right on its face. I'm excited to learn about it because I always <laughs> love the machinations of Hollywood and how bullshit they are. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> So Cherry Falls. Yes. So it's directed by, uh, he is an Australian. This is his first American film. And he uh, he did like one thing before. It was an Australian TV show or movie or something called Romper Stompers. I don't really know very much about it other than it was just revived as a TV show uh, in Australia. Nice. And uh, he didn't really do very much after either. This is kind of his like one American thing. And now he's living off hopefully the... Uh, created by credit in this new series. Yeah. Hats off to you, sir. Stars the um, unfortunately departed Brittany Murphy. Pour some out. Michael Bain from Terminator. We've got Gabriel Mann from a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we have some interesting like uh, bit players, too, in this movie. There's DJ Qualls. Oh, yeah. Extremely uh, bit. Yeah. Extremely young. <laughs> Extremely DJ Qualls. We've got uh, Jesse Bradford as the opening victim, and like he's in um, like Bring It On and Clockstoppers. Clockstoppers. I haven't thought of that in a long time. Memories, man. Is that French Stewart in that? Yep. Good. He plays French Stewart's son. Good. Yeah. I'm glad I got that right. <laughs> Good. Uh, and then we've got um, the deputy, Deputy Mina. She's played by Amanda Anka, who is Paul Anka's daughter. And she's married to Jason Bateman. Hmm. Like Arrested Development guy. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. And Hollywood. She was also, apparently, I learned this while looking at her IMDb earlier. 
She's in the Buffy movie as one of the vampires, which is kind of an interesting connection because um, the actress who plays Mrs. Markin, Jodie's mom, Candy Clark, plays Buffy's mom in the Buffy movie. Okay, I was wondering where... I'm sure she's in a bunch of stuff. She She was like a a model in the 70s and stuff. She's in a couple things that I can't think of right now. And then um, the actress who plays... uh, Annette is Clementine Ford, and she's Sybil Shepard's daughter. Hmm. Yeah. So kind of a Hollywood uh, children in this one. Ley lines crossing. (laughs) That's interesting. So jumping into it, the movie opens. We get like a couple establishing shots of Cherry Falls, which I think is in Virginia. It was shot in Virginia. And uh, they say West Virginia is two hours away. So I think think it's safe to assume that it's in Virginia. We get to see a young couple making out in a car. It's uh, Rod, who's Jesse Bradford, and Stacy. And... Rod is quoting some sort of like uh, space quotes, like cosmic energy, something like that. On my planet, the women are barren. I've traveled secretly across the depths of space, assuming human form, so that I may come to know earthly women and repopulate my desolate planet. I just wish for you to know my true name. Zunabulax. Zunabulax? Yeah. Our makes love We put all our cosmic energy into that one explosive act. And then, like your terrestrial mayfly, you die and fall swiftly to Earth content. I'm gonna make love to you in the manner of my people. Keep that up, Rod, and it will be your last act. I can't return home without accomplishing my mission. I said stop! Very hot. Is it Asimov? Probably. I'm not really sure. Carl Sagan, maybe? I don't know. Uh, It's so goddamn hot in the studio that we had to have both ACs facing each other blasting (laughs) Colpresso. The quieter bits. Yeah. Uh, We lip read. So he wants to progress it to the next base oh yeah so he uh, goes to cop a feel but stacy is not into it i liked how assertive she was she's like don't and naturally he's like yeah <laughs> he wants his first time to be with her and yeah. she's just she doesn't really uh want to but he manages to coax her back into the car after she mm-hmm. leaves to get some distance between the two of them and we see that there was a car watching them like from directly afar. behind them. Yeah. And then they start making out again. Mm-hmm. And we see the headlights of the car creeping up mm-hmm. behind them. And we get to see that his license plate is Soup Nova. Yeah. I like soup too. So <laughs> that's cool. I don't know what the Nova stands for, but. So the car. Nova Science now. Yeah. <laughs> the car parks it. right behind them and stops. So Rod gets out to mm-hmm. investigate. Then he gets stabbed a lot. Yeah, is that you, Mickey? Is Mark, you? Ben, what? he like drops oh, yeah, the names of our, our future characters. Interesting, interesting. I didn't yeah. put that together. Um, but <laughs> Stacy screams. She has a pretty good scream. Oh, yeah, she has a really good scream. The car is like 1970s, 1960s. It's very boxy. Yeah. Yeah. She screams, and she's locked smartly inside the car. Yeah, she locks the doors. Yeah. 
Um, but then she can hear Rod outside, mm-hmm. and he's made his way to like the driver's side door, and he's like crying out there, saying mm-hmm. her name. Like, so let me in. she she's trepidatious, which is understandable. Mm-hmm. And uh, then she unlocks the doors to let him in. And as he's like starting to get in, the killer comes up from behind him and stabs him in the back. And we yes. have our first blood. Yep. And she is screaming the whole time. And she goes to run out of the car. Yeah. Uh, but our killer, who is very fast, uh, quickly pins her against a tree and starts lovingly fondling her face with his blade. Yeah. Running like the bloody fingers over her lips. Yeah. That yeah. sucks. It does. Not a good way to go. So, um, the, uh, sorry, before we get into like the meat of the movie, it's sort of like how she's locked in the car, right? And then yeah. he's like, please let me in. <laughs> Just like when he was like wheedling to have sex with her. Oh, true. Yeah. That's and then funny. she finally lets him in. I hadn't put that together, but there yeah. are a couple times like throughout that I noticed stuff like that. It was really nice. Yeah. Like, and it wasn't in your face either. So that was good. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, analysis of our first blood here. What made these guys first blood? They were making out in a car by themselves Uh he got out of the car yeah mistake number one and he left her alone uh i don't know he was lots of mistakes yeah don't joke around it reminds me of the opening scene in zodiac the yeah well i think obviously very zodiac inspired yeah yeah. so yeah it was good it was good but no yeah it was good um and then we start getting into like you said the meat of the movie we cut to another couple making out yeah, in the car more horny teens it's kenny and jody and again much like our first couple she doesn't want to have sex mm-hmm. and he is trying to pressure her but she's not feeling it so he just breaks up with yeah, her i think we should see different people dude fuck off also, like earlier, we see the headlights of another car mm-hmm. pulling up behind them. This time, it's Jody's mom. And she taps on the window. Startles them. Yeah. Kenny rolls it down. Hi, Mrs. Markin. You two having fun? Hi, Mom. Kenny, you wouldn't happen to have a cigarette for me, would you? Um, sure. Mmm. Mrs. Markin, mm-hmm. smoking's really bad for you. Ah, the industrial strength. Mm. Mm. I owe you. I'm gonna have to smoke this here. Brent doesn't like me to smoke in the house. It's my one last guilty pleasure. Is Dad still up? My, we're out late tonight, huh? Kenny was just leaving. Ah, too bad. And then she asks to bomb a cigarette. And then her and Kenny have this, like, really weird flirt sesh. Gross flirt sesh. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that in this movie, though, where it's, like, oddly sexualized, mundane interactions. Yeah, especially between adults and between. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. Pretty weird. It made me uncomfortable, but... I can't imagine how uncomfortable it made uh, Jody's character. Yeah. Oh, well, the whole time she's like seething in the yeah, passenger seat while she's watching too. all of this. He's breaking up with me while my mom <laughs> tries to pick him up. Jody asks her mom if uh, her dad is still awake. And I don't know how her mom would know that since her mom literally just pulled up behind them. Yeah. But her mom tells her to like look at the house and none of the lights are on. So she says she thinks the coast is clear. 
weird conversation to have with your mom too. Like, oh, honey, just it's fine. Like, you can break the rules with me. I'm cool. Yeah, I, I, I was sort of like that with my mom. Yeah, but she didn't do it in that schmoozy way. No. Yeah, it I was like not. authentic. Jody goes up to her room. It's dark, and you can tell that the 90s have just ended because there's inflatable picture frames on her little bureau, and her bed has like giant daisies on mm-hmm. it. And stuff. I really like the set styling in this movie, yeah, too. Yeah, it's good. A lot. It's authentic. And the second she turns into her room, her dad's there. Where were you? Where, or why were you out so late? Uh, and she, we learn that Jody is the sheriff's daughter. Well, he's in full uniform yeah, too. Yeah. Well, he also makes sure to tell us. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you can't stay out so late when you're the sheriff's daughter, yeah. just in case you missed it. He grounds her, and she says, "Most six, most sixth graders can stay out later than I can." And then he says, "Well, they're not the sheriff's daughter," yeah. which is when he drops the line. So she lays down on her bed, upset. Mm-hmm. Flustered, and then we cut to three thirteen a.m. and she gets up and she does this weird sleepwalk over to her window, and she like pulls the curtain aside with her eyes closed and she breathily says, "Daddy." Yeah, as he pulls out, yeah, and peels then she, out. She like looks to camera and her eyes open. Ah. And then it fades to the next day when the sheriff is pulling up to the crime scene. So I I assume he's going out for his shift when he's leaving then. And then they didn't find the bodies until the morning. That makes sense. Otherwise, it took him a really long time to get there. Yeah, yeah. Or they were just standing there shooting the shit the whole time. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, but anyways, uh, the deputies filling him in. The boy was found face down in the water, and the girl is nailed to this tree. And she was, she must have been alive for a while because of the amount of blood on the scene. Yeah, not, not great. Definitely not great. That yeah. bleeding out is not my preferred choice of bleeding out. I wouldn't want to be nailed to anything. No, thank I you. I don't know how Jesus did it. <laughs> Jody arrives at school the next day, and she is immediately met by her friend Timmy. Yeah, he's like a gay punk Macklemore. Yeah, he was in uh, the Buffy TV show actually. He oh, nice. Played the male a male witch in one of the episodes. Ooh. I have sorry Buffy theme in this episode, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> So she's uh, accosted by her friend Timmy, and he's trying to get information for a news article out of her, but she doesn't even know what he's talking about. Jody Doll, listen, I'm trying to pump out a special edition of the paper before lunchtime, and if you tell me all that you know, I'll be your best friend, your very, very best friend. And and you can be co-editor of the paper and apply to all those Ivy League schools with those young, marriageable boys. What do you think? Don't be silent like that. No, 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 no. I want you to talk to your dad and Snoop Dogg for me. You know what I'm saying? Timmy, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. Well, you haven't heard about Rod and Stacy. Oh, are you taking footnotes for your pathetic little gossip column? What? Did they break up? Break up! Wake up! They're dead! They flatlined. They shuffled off the mortal coil. They croaked and gone to see their maker. Uh, duh! How can you be so critically uninformed? Will you look? The whole school is buzzing with that music. So he tells her to, like... Yeah, just look around. Just look around. And then she realizes that everyone around her is, like, crying and upset mm-hmm. at the fact that Rod and Stacy have been murdered. I love the styling in this movie. Everyone is just wearing gray, black, or white. Yeah, I really like that. It, everyone's wearing, like, neutrals mm-hmm. until the party scene later, and then they're True. all wearing, like, bright colors. Yeah. Didn't notice that. That's good. Anyways, everyone in the parking lot is crying. It looks like the aftermath of, like, Columbine or something. Uh, cause they're all like nineties styled, mm-hmm. uh, and Jody's ex, uh, Kenny is already 
comforting another woman. Sharon. Yeah. He should be uh, comforting her, goddammit. Anyways. The principal and his secretary are exchanging some, like, very weird glances as she's letting the sheriff into his office. It's like lingering glances. I don't get it. I think it's, like, to imply that maybe they're having an affair or something. I'm not really... It's never revisited. I'm not really positive. (laughs) But, um, so the sheriff wants to go to the classes so he can ask the -hmm. students questions. So Jody's in class, English class, English lit or something like that. Yeah, yeah. With her friend Sandy, and uh, they're all talking about the deaths. Mr. Marliston, the teacher, is doing his best to comfort them and sort of see where they're all at after the loss of their friends. He's trying to assuage their feelings of guilt. So he's asking them a lot of questions. Perhaps some of you feel guilty that you weren't nicer to Rod and Stacy while they were alive, or maybe you're haunted by something unpleasant you might have said to one of them. Once in the eighth grade, I had a fight with Rod, and I told him to fuck off and die. Hey, come on, guys. It's all right, Heather. Maybe we'll all feel better if we talk about our lost classmates and how we feel. Mark, you were friends with Rod. You want to say something? Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. I'm just... uh... Thank you, Mark. How about you, Sandy? Sandy. Oh, um, I, I, uh, I guess at times like this, um, I just hope there's a heaven. Lame. Cindy, come on. I think it's important at times like this we offer each other some support. Yeah. I'd like to offer the killer's ass some support in the fucking electric chair. That's a legitimate reaction. Unfortunately, the means of execution in this day happens to be lethal injection. Ben, I know you uh, have a very different point of view regarding this tragedy, so... Go ahead. Well, I would like to know whether this killer removed any body parts or sexually defiled any orifice of either victim. You're tragically sick. I want to know, because if he didn't, I'm starting to think this loser deserves a thumbs down. How can you be so insensitive? Oh, what, Lynn, you're like Mother Teresa. You're the one that told Rod to drop dead. You're only fooling yourself with this display of indifference. Hey, Jack Holt, you're not playing Deathquake now. This is the real world. This is Ben's pathetic concept of cool. He has to pretend he's not afraid. Well, hello, Cindy Freud. What's your concept of cool, Doc? Bang the entire senior class, starting with Eddie. If I'm so all used up, Ben, why do you try to hook me up nonstop? I find experience attractive. All right, shut up now, would you please? Everyone, Jesus. What is wrong with you people? And they start having like a a scream-like banter amongst each other. Mm -hmm. Like the whole crowd is getting into it. You've got DJ Qualls and his nerd friend. Yep. Um, And then Marliston asks Jody for her opinion. And that's just as the sheriff arrives to talk to the class about the murders. And he is very like 
authoritative he's doing like a bad acting job yeah it's he's He's like reading the lines he's very nervous to to be talking to all of these people and he's like if anyone has any information you need to do your civic duty and step up and (laughs) yeah it's very um like formulaic Mm -hmm. writing like it's like someone thought oh what's a what's a cop gonna say yeah definitely (laughs) and for some reason, Mr. Marston is asking a lot of questions. So they have a suspect, and and they any clues. Mm-hmm. Um, but sheriff shuts him down because it's an active investigation. At lunch, Sandy and Jody are watching Kenny Mac on Sharon, and while they're staring at him. Mm-hmm. Jody notices that Sandy is scamming on Mark from afar, watching Ooh. him like super high eating his chips. I really like that. It, like they're just doing like really gross teenage stuff. I and let... she's like so into it. Mark is such a good character. He is. Uh, he's eating these chips, like letting, like slowly using his lips to bring it into his mouth <laughs> at, at like face level to the table. It's a truly wonderful piece he's, of acting. He's like a hopeless stoner. I love it. And so Jody wants to get the get the wheels rolling on this. Her love life may be over, but she can help Sandy uh, get her her man. Yeah, and then she can just stop watching him eat. And then Sandy says that her parents have been married for twenty five years, and all they do is watch each other eat. <laughs> That's it. That's great. I like it. So Jody brings Sandy over to sit with Mark and Ben. And Mark is way too stoned. He's yeah. just like playing with his food, like yep. super into it. And Ben is basically just like nonplussed that they're that they're there that they're there. Even though Sandy puts, she tries to like laugh along with him and stuff. And then they start a food fight, don't they? Well, yeah. Like when um, Sandy and Jody are watching Mark eat, mm-hmm. Ben is like throwing shit at the nerds yeah. and stuff. And then yeah. they they go over, and after they sit down, that's when. Um, Annette, the girl, oh, rushes yeah. into the cafeteria and starts hitting some dude who's been telling everyone that she blew him. And she's pretty pissed. It yeah. starts a big fight. Everyone's cheering them on. Yeah. And he's uh, throwing some insults at her. And then the fight gets broken up by the principal and uh, Mr. Marliston. Yep. And so then after that whole thing unfolds, we learn that Jody the- asks Ben. Yeah if uh, Annette did blow mm-hmm. the dude and... She thinks fellatio is a character in Shakespeare. <laughs> she wouldn't know a dick if its name was Woody. <laughs> That's funny. W- what do you think, Mark? Huh? I think these ribs rule. I really appreciate, like, the, the, like you said before, the set and the, the wardrobe styling, like, yeah. where everything is... Like neutrals and grays, and I really like the the casting too. Like, oh yeah, they really seem like teens. Like they're very convincingly teen looking, yeah. even though they're all in like their mid to late twenties. Even the party later, I felt yeah. the exact same thing. And it's so weird because it's so nineties, but not like in your face, like Fresh Prince nineties. Like, I thought, um, like. Mark was probably the most teenish. I think he's like yeah. 26. Like Kenny is 28 <laughs> in real life. And ben is like 27. Sandy's mm. like 25. Interesting. I think the youngest one was Brittany Murphy. I think she was like 23, 22. Wow. Yeah. 
That must be weird. It must. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like Sandy a lot as an actress. She was good in this. That night, we see that someone is watching Annette's house mm-hmm. just as her parents are driving away. So uh, the killer has these like long red nails yeah. on just tapping them on, against the side of her vintage car. <laughs> we see the parents arrive at their restaurant. And then we cut back to Annette's house where mm-hmm. there's a knock on the door. Who is it? Hi, Annette. Yeah? It's Laura Lee Sherman. Excuse me? Laura Lee Sherman? Is your mom home? Uh. No. She didn't tell you I was coming by. No. I must have just missed her. Can I leave a note? Okay, just one second. Could you just slip it through the door, please? definitely convinced her to like open the door but she left the chain on smart which didn't make any difference because then uh the killer just like breaks the chain and then smashes annette's head in the door until Mm -hmm. she's unconscious repeatedly brutal yeah and then we cut to slightly later uh where the parents are arriving home and they're they're drunk they are wasted driving this car they (laughs) see that the door is open and much like casey becker's parents and scream Mm -hmm. they go inside and then the mom sees the blood on the floor, and then she looks upward and screams. And we cut to <gasps> the Markin house. Oh, no. Uh, Jody and her dad are practicing self-defense with each other. And then he falls on top of her, and there's this, another one of those weird incesty moments. Way too close. Um, but he gets a call, which interrupts it, mm-hmm. and it's about Annette's murder, so he heads over. And uh, when he arrives on the scene, we see what has become of her in like a, a quick flash. Yeah. That she's hanging from like the ceiling light fixture, which is like a big wagon wheel. Yeah. Like she's been tied and cut a bunch. Like a wagon wheel chandelier. Yeah. Rain and blood. <laughs> Gross. The medical examiner tells Deputy Mina and Sheriff Brett mm-hmm. that. Much like the other victims, Annette was a virgin when she died. So the sheriff goes home and he bursts into Jody's room. Hi, Daddy. Listen, I need to ask you a personal question. About what? It's about you and Kenny. What is it, Dad? About how far you've gone. <laughs> gone. Gone, you know. Face-wise, are you two kissing? Of course. I'm not a child anymore, Dad. That's normal. I'm not criticizing. I know, I know. Have you gone further than that? Listen, I wouldn't ask you this unless it was absolutely necessary. Can you go further than you have? Yes. No, no, but you don't have to worry about it. 
Okay. We just broke up the other day. Yeah. Are you disappointed, Dan? Hmm? Are you disappointed that I'm still a virgin? Really creepy. Like, he's come straight from the yeah. morgue, looking at, they, like, throw around her body for a bit on the slide and stuff, and he's like, okay, do-do-do, <laughs> let's go ask my daughter. Jody thinks he's worried that she has lost her virginity, mm-hmm. um, but then when she tells him that she's still a virgin, uh, she, he seems, like, upset by it. Yeah. So then she thinks that he's disappointed that she is still a virgin. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, oh, no, no, A lot of, of weird not, mixed sweetie. signals. Like, yeah. I, I think that would be a very confusing situation, honestly. Like, a weird exchange. Especially to be woken up in the middle of the night with it. Yeah. It'd be one thing to be like, I have to ask you something awkward. Uh, but another thing to be like, hey, wake up. What's his dick taste like? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The next day, the sheriff and the deputy are debating whether or not that they should reveal the killer's signature slash message that all of the victims are virgins. Mm-hmm. And they decide that they're going to, and they're going to have a town hall meeting in the high school gymnasium with all of the parents. Um, yeah. At the high school. So then yeah. we see that it's six o'clock. Jody is bringing some sort of finished assignment that she's done mm-hmm. to Mr. Marliston, who's grading papers and they start flirting back and forth with each other a little bit. He's drinking a very heavily featured Coke. Yeah, there's a lot of slightly turned Coke cans. And it's the <laughs> early 2000s Coke where it's like the bottle cap popping off yeah. with all the sweat on it. She starts reciting some poetry. He's picking up what she's thrown down. So he starts reciting the poetry back to mm-hmm. her. And then she stops and looks at the doorway because she thinks she just saw someone standing there. So the two of them immediately go into the hall to investigate. And there doesn't seem to be anyone there, but they continue to uh, to look. It's after school for some reason. It's like dark outside. It's six o'clock. Yeah. It, it showed like the, the clock. Oh, nice. Yeah. So they make their way to the cafeteria. And... He's like weirdly holding our hand too. Oh, is he? Yeah, I didn't notice that. Yeah. And then he's like, stay here. <laughs> uh, and he goes to invest. Is anyone there? And, and he finds. He steps on a cigarette. Ooh. So he picks it up and then sort of chucks it to the side. And we see it hit a big black boot. And the boot has four little squares painted on it for no reason. I, th- I think it's supposed to be like a. I'm not sure the exact reference, but I think it's something you do on, like, docks. So it looks like a shine mark, you know, like uh, an animated, like, it's glistening. I see that. that makes a lot of sense. I think it's a specific reference. It might be, like, a, a Sex Pistols thing, but I'm not positive on that, so don't quote me on that okay. because I'm almost certainly wrong. And I'm just a huge square who doesn't know nothing for nothing. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it lands at these shoes, shiny shoes feet, um, but they are just like, ha-ha, guess must just be thinking of stuff that's not real or whatever haha yeah uh marliston says that they got to get out of there because Mm -hmm. he's got to go to the the meeting that her dad is having in the gymnasium so they head off and uh, all of the parents are arriving for this meeting and the principal is not too thrilled about The fact that the sheriff is planning to tell them that all of the victims were virgins because he thinks that they're just going to have a full-fledged fuck fest, Which, as he says. I mean, 
prophetic, especially for an alliteration. Uh, and the sheriff responds, uh, better that than a pile of dead teenagers, which I mean, from his perspective, Definitely. less paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jody is spying on the meeting from an upstairs window and her friend Timmy comes up behind her because he's there to get the scoop on the meeting. Mm-hmm. And the two of them watch as the sheriff starts giving the lowdown on everything that's going on and reveals that they're killing virgins yeah uh what are you what are we supposed to do with that encourage our kids to have sex yes the parents start freaking out and they start like brawling and fighting in the sands this is what i love one guy implies that another guy's daughter is too ugly to fuck no yeah because he's like i can't keep my daughter in the basement forever and then he's like you don't have to worry about that oh i see yeah because he's saying that she's She's already a a whore okay i thought he was I think it's supposed to be Cindy's dad. That's hilarious. Because I thought he was saying, like, your daughter is too ugly to fuck. No, but no, obviously no. not. Yeah, no. He was just saying, like, you don't have to worry about it. She's not a virgin. Yeah. Maybe, what does he know? <laughs> <laughs> so they all start having a huge brawl, like teenagers or something. And Timmy is living for it. He mm-hmm. is fucking loving watching this. So he, Timmy was, okay, sorry. I'm going to get sidetracked. Yeah. I, just because when I was looking up his IMDb today, Timmy's, yeah, I was shocked, shocked because my only real reference for him is this mm-hmm. and Buffy, where he's like in full like '90s goth drag. Okay, and he is one of the main characters in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D. But he's like totally. He's got like blonde hair. He's wearing like a, a beater with like a short sleeve shirt over it he looks nothing like this and it was just very alarming to see a picture of it but anyway back to uh back to this really funny so funny he borrows yeah he borrows jody's phone because he's gonna go call who i assume is like the editor of the newspaper Mm -hmm. because i in all of these like 90s media the newspaper is the student newspaper is the fucking newspaper. Yeah, before millennials killed it. And he's like, ah, <laughs> I got a scoop. Stop the presses. It's the hottest news story since the Hindenburg. But he's having a hard time getting a signal. So he ducks out of the, the corridor, as mm-hmm. he calls it, uh, into a staircase where he's definitely not going to get a better signal in there in the yeah. in the year 1999. Nope. But uh so he he disappears and Jody continues watching the the chaos unfold. Yeah, she's kind of disappointed in everything that's happening. And but... she's like encouraging her dad. She's like, "Come on, daddy," or something like that. No, she's like, "Oh, daddy!" Uh-oh. Like she's disappointed. Nice. Yeah. So she knows that she has to head out, but he's got her cell phone. So she starts trying to look for him so she can get her cell phone back and go home. Um. She goes down these dark ass yes. stairs. Timmy, Timmy. First of she's all, she's doing that like horror movie or movie in general, like uh-huh. whisper yelling. And like, where it makes no difference. No one, no one in the school. No, there's no one in the school other than the people. So they think in the gym. So why not just be like, "Yo, Timmy, where the hell's my phone?" You maybe bitch. she doesn't want any of the parents to know that she's there. Ah, uh, okay. But anyways, so she does this very meek shit. She walking goes around the dark all the way down all very nice school by the way yeah but so she ends up going all the way down to the bottom of the stairs into what i guess are like the the locker rooms yeah 
And of course he's going to be down there. <laughs> he still won't answer. So she starts wandering around and she finds the showers and she starts opening the shower curtains. One at a time. All spookily. Very uh-huh. Friday the 13th reference. And she's just about to open the last one when she hears her cell phone start to ring. So she follows the sound mm-hmm. to a nearby locker that has Virgin carved into yeah, it. Yeah, pretty aggressively. She opens it and out falls Timmy's body. And her cell phone and directly cell phone. onto her. <laughs> she's not she's she's not down for this really. She goes to run away. She like opens a door, but as she opens the door, we see the mm. killer's knife go yeah. up. So she slams the door shut. And she takes off. And this is like a fucking fantastic chase scene. Yeah, she's in combat boots. And the killer yeah. is wearing high-heeled boots. Like and high heels. They're both really fucking booking it down Actually the hallway. Like running. running. And uh, it was good. Yeah, the killer ends up getting the better of her. I in think, heels. I think they grab her backpack. Yeah. And then she gets her head slammed into Ooh. a locker. This guy or girl. Oh no! Loves knocking people out. Um, He's a concuss. She's a concussion queen. They drag Jody's unconscious body into the biology room, and they switch knife blades really coolly on their like utility belts. Yeah. starts carving her up he starts, yeah, starts car- carving her thigh he's, he's going to write virgin in her thigh because i think he carved virgin into one of the other ones too yeah which is how they know that it's that's his mo mm-hmm. and as soon as he cuts her she wakes up duh she starts screaming and she kicks the killer in the head and Brittany murphy really gives her all here. oh my like, gosh she starts freaking the fuck out probably one of the most what i would hope to be realistic she just starts screaming and does not stop and she's shoving a v carts into him she's put she's like throwing terrarium yeah she's ruining all these science fair projects on top of like a bunch of filing cabinets so good and then she finds a box cutter or like an exacto convenient and she like goes to threaten the killer with it but then she realizes that's stupid so then she cuts the string off this convenient shark that's hanging from paper mache shark, which sends it flying into the killer uh-huh. and, and knocks him into a terrarium. Knocks, knocks him into like a snake habitat yeah. or something. A poor snake. That's its house. So she books it down the hall and then she runs into her dad and a couple of the, the parents. But when her dad goes into the room, obviously he can't find. Yeah, he jumped out of the window. Yeah. As you do. So the next day, she's at the police station. She's doing an identikit. She's giving them a description of the woman Mm -hmm. that attacked her, and they make a sketch. And the whole time that they're doing this, her dad is, like, biting his nails. He's profusely sweating. Yeah. And the deputy notices, and she's like, is everything okay? Do you you recognize her? And the the guy just lies and says no. But, I mean, it's obvious that he's lying. I have a feeling like, yeah, she definitely knows he's lying, especially as the movie progresses. Definitely. But I think it's, again, implied that she has feelings for for him, maybe. Nice. Nice. I like it. Uh, And uh, while this is happening, a dude is brought in. Some kid... Well, he's not brought in. He comes in. Oh. 
played by Zachary Knighton in one of his first roles. Hmm. And he like he's in he's Dave in Happy Endings. He's in Santa Clarita Diet. Really? He's in a bunch of things. Yeah. I didn't recognize him, but he was really good. He was having a full yeah. <laughs> I killed those kids. I kissed them. Yeah. I and, killed them and kissed them. Kisses the FBI agent. <laughs> he's making a big yeah. scene. He's confessing to it, but obviously he is not the killer. And they even say later, like What's he confessing to this week? Yeah, I hope his confession's shorter than the one yeah. last week. Yeah. <laughs> Jody sees her dad making a phone call. Um, she doesn't know it's to the principal, but we mm-hmm. know it's to the principal. And he faxes over the sketch that was just completed because he, like the the sheriff, oh, he recognizes knows her. that this guy's gonna recognize. Tell me that's not Lorley Sherman. Oh, jeez, Brett, you are cracking up. Contacting her. I traced her to West Virginia, about two hours from here. This time I'm going out there. Listen, Brent, nobody has seen or heard of her for over 25 years. Now, why the hell would she be showing up now as some sort of psycho killer? In the other room, Jody picks up the other line and she listens in just mm-hmm. as her dad is talking about the fact that it's Laura Lee Sherman and that he's tracked her to West Virginia. But she's and then been missing for 25 he years. He spots that Jody is on the phone, so he hangs up and goes in. To the other room really quick to accusatorily ask her what what did you hear were you listening to me and she is very easy breezy with her lie and yeah. she just says oh i was just trying to call mom and i i couldn't figure out how, how to, to get a line out. like what first of all why would you be calling your mom your mom's crazy <laughs> but whatever <laughs> so they they talk he brushes it off he like apologizes he says that the case is just getting the better of him mm-hmm. and then sandy shows up to tell Jody all about the sex party that's going to be going down, the Hyman Holocaust, yeah. as she calls it. It's a huge fuck fest. Hurricane hormone has hit the whole entire school. Word got out that your attacker has this thing for virgins. So everyone's decided to take themselves off the endangered species list and have sex. You're making it sound like it's some kind of a flu shot. We're talking Hyman Holocaust here. But they couldn't print the location, so I'm going to give you the 411. The old Donkey Hill hunting lodge. That scashy keg place? That place is such a shithole. All we need is floor space. Didn't you want your first time to be something beautiful, something romantic? Jody, you have to go. Everybody's gonna be there. Mark's going, of course. And Kenny. And you cannot leave saving his life up to that slut Sharon. Cindy's holding her pregame talk at the bleachers at lunch. All girls. Everyone's gonna be there. You can't miss it. It's at an abandoned. Hu- Why are you talking like that? She doesn't talk like that. I know, but like <laughs> I talk like that. Anyway, it's gonna be <laughs> at an abandoned hunting lodge, and all of the teens are planning to have sex to take themselves off the endangered species list. Mm-hmm. And in fact, Cindy is going to be giving a pregame talk at the bleachers during lunch. So Jody wants to go back to school. Her mom shows up and also thinks it's a good idea that Jody goes back to school, but her dad isn't really down with the idea. So because the deputy's like cool, relatable deputy, she offers to like keep an eye on her and like gives her like a wink. Like, yeah, I know. I know what's going on. She's those two little wisps of bangs Mm -hmm. on either side. Yeah. That's how you know she's cool. Uh, And so they agree. Okay, well, well, you'll go back to high school. But also I just put this together now. The dad knows Laura Lee Sherman is hunting people, or he believes that she is. Yeah. I mean, I guess it would be suspicious if he was like, nope, nope, you're not going back to school ever. I'm putting you in the basement. Exactly, but, because yeah. they, he can't, 
he's kind of in a in a hard spot because he can't really yeah. acknowledge Catch that it's her or else it implicates him. Yeah. So they go back to school, and when she shows up, she sees like the memorial on mm-hmm. the wall. And then she starts getting swarmed by all of the students as they leave their classes. Like, she's suddenly Ms. Popularity. As you do. What was it like to be almost murdered? Mr. Marleston's there. He's, like, waving to her, like, hi, hi, hi. And (laughs) through the crowd, she sees Kenny. And he pulls her to him. We see Sharon in the background see this. And Mm -hmm. she, like, shakes her head, like, all disappointed and walks (laughs) away. And... They don't focus on it at all, though. It's literally just behind her shoulder that I really liked. So Kenny gives her this whole spiel about how when he thought he was going to lose her. I almost lost you. He realizes that he wants to get back together with her and wants her to come to the sex party with him. Whoa, convenient. But she says that she can't because her dad wants her to be home. And then he tries to like reverse blame her. Like, if you don't want to... You don't want to be with me. That's just fine. Like that's like, don't try and use your dad as an excuse. Pick up artist shit. Like fuck you, you horny little asshole. <laughs> so, but she does say that she mm. might come. I'll think about it. <laughs> then we get to see Cindy giving her speech to the girls, and I really, really, oh, yeah. really like this scene because it's such a a flip because it's like the archetypal blonde mean sexually active girl Mm -hmm. and she's suddenly like the savior character she's like teaching all of these virgins how they can survive this horror movie they're all coming to her for advice they're like clustered together all of her answers are fantastic you have to do everything boys are totally clueless when it comes to sex it starts with them trying to unhook our bras fumbling around and it never changes Wait until they try to put their dicks in you. Please don't say they need help with that. Always. Well, what about birth control? Girls, there's no time for the pill and certainly no chance for withdrawal, so I recommend condoms. What about clitoral or vaginal orgasm? Unless we're talking about masturbation. Forget it. <laughs> Oh, so good. It's really and good. And she's giving They're these, like, asking questions. scathing sort of looks, but not a, to them. Like, about boys, sort yeah. of? Is, oh, so good. And then Sandy's like... Aren't you being just a little hard on the boys? Cut to the boys, all mm-hmm. smoking weed. Well, not all of them. Three of them smoking weed. Yeah. Mark, Ben, and their unnamed friends. Bull cut. Who's Bull cut. cut out of the Central weed Park. smoking, yeah. Dennis asked me today if chicks had two holes or three. Did not... How could you not know that, dude? Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot I was hanging with the Poontang clan back here. I get it, the four kids are dead, but I'm sorry. This is still pretty choice. No shit. Next thing we have to do is find a psycho who's offing chicks who don't give head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then I don't only have to worry about one hole. Mark is so high that he can barely talk. Yeah, they're it, all talking about holes. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Like, basically, like, underlining and that, starring. Yeah, that they don't know anything. <laughs> the principal has, on his desk, mm-hmm. received a flyer for this Pop Your Cherry Ball. And he goes over the PA system and warns the students that there will be consequences for their party. Every penalty that is within my power to impose. But they do not care at all. They're just a 
bunch of horny teens, and they all run out of the school, throwing their papers like everywhere. Like it's the last day of school. It's like a screaming, royal rumpus. And they start rocking news vans, like mugging for the news cameras that are out there. All the girls start like swarming the newscaster that the principal was watching earlier. They start chanting. like stripping him yeah yeah the chant is really good yeah uh it's madness jody gets home to find that her mom uh, is chugging alcohol from a bottle and watching the the, the news the pre-fuck fest festivities and burning the shit out of a bunch of cookies yeah okay so i don't know if this is intentional but there are a couple of horror movie references here okay the burnt cookies happens in at Night of the Demons, and the drinking alcoholic secretive mother is obviously like a, a Nancy's mom reference from Nightmare on mm, Elm Street, I think. But I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she's like, oh, you know, they're burned. Oh, let me get you a glass of water. I love that. Me too. So she offers to get Jody a glass of water. And then while she's doing that, Jody asks her about Laura Lee Sherman. And which catches her mom off guard and her mom says she's like never heard of her. And the whole time her mom like starts drinking the water yeah. that she just yeah. got. It's <laughs> her Jody, water now. And Jody never gets the water. It's so good. <laughs> Doesn't so... she just dump it in the sink after too? Well, she like realizes that she drank out of it and then she's sort of like, oh, but by then obviously Jody didn't even ask for the water in the first place. So she doesn't really notice. And then she keeps drinking it in the background. <laughs> like, oh, so good. So she says she's never heard of Laura Lee Sherman. She has no idea what Jody's talking and about. And she's grown up in this town. Yeah. She's lived her her whole life. She would definitely know about it. Mm-hmm. So she pieces, like, turns around. Jody's going to go upstairs. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as she starts baking again, we see Jody sneak out. Yep. Back at the ranch in the in the police department, the sheriff is, you know, casually examining some bullets in his uh service piece on his desk like he's, he's gonna put it in his mouth yeah he's loading the gun and his like hands are shaking the whole time yeah he's not he knows that something not good is happening mm-hmm. so he tells the deputy that he's going to be heading to west virginia and she's worried because obviously the party's happening they we, have all of this shit going on we need you in town exactly and this is like a pretty crappy time for him to be like yeah. deking on his responsibilities so how do you want us to treat this sex orgy party he tells her to keep an eye on it but essentially treat it like it's any other party and just let it let it lie yeah. unless there's any sort of trouble we find out later that she doesn't do that like she sets up like a perimeter and everything yeah. which i think good for her thinking on her feet we see that Jody has made her way to the library and she's looking at the microfiche for any sort of news or anything she can find about Laura Lee Sherman. This is one of the few times where it seemed realistic to me that you would look through the microfiche. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Pre, pre like heavy Google internet, but like still like early enough where you would still do that. I liked it. She finds an article about Laura Lee Sherman disappearing, but... Then she hears a noise from the stacks behind her. So she gets up and she grabs a bust of Washington? Uh, William Shakespeare. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Shakespeare occurs a couple times yeah, throughout this. Gotcha. So she's, I don't know, good for her for doing that. But also, this is the creepy-ass library. It reminds me of this one university library where the shelves literally go from the f- basement to the top floor and you can look down and see all the way, and it's like 
like 10 floors tall mm-hmm. and they just have the floors in between the shell. I hate yeah. it. I hate it. That's what it reminds me of. I don't know why you would go looking through there for your own death, basically. <laughs> oh, Shakespeare or not. Definitely not. Thankfully, it's not death. Yeah, no, it's her mom. She runs into her very irate mother. Yeah. What are you doing? What the hell are you doing? And then Jody demands that her mom tell her about Laura Lee Sherman. So we cut to them sitting across the table from each mm-hmm. other and the backstory begins. Her mom tells her that Laura Lee Sherman was a girl who no one cared for, mm-hmm. who was raped by four boys on a football team. There wasn't any evidence, but she did name the boys, but no one believed her because they were all from like well-to-do families. Mm-hmm. And so she left town and then no one ever saw her again. And uh, Jody naturally is like, who are the boys, mom? Well, two of the guys left town about a year after that. And that was a good thing because we were all able to move forward from there. Tommy Sisler. You said that there were four men. Who was the fourth? Mom? Who was the fourth, Mom? Mom? Your father. Your father. He, he was sick. He was falling down drunk. But he went to the police then, and then he told them what happened. He, those were his good friends. He couldn't do that. And besides, what are you going to tell the police? That a, that a drunken girl had sex with three drunken boys? I mean, who? You said it was rape. I like how Jody deals with this whole this whole thing. I think she knows how to push her mom's buttons too. Yeah. yeah. So she finds out that the fourth was her father, and then her mom tries to like play it off again, yeah. like, "Oh, they were they were drunk. Four no. drunk boys had sex with a drunk girl." And then Jody's like, yeah, "No one would believe her. It was rape. You said it was rape." And then she leaves. Nice job, Jody. Yeah standing up for what's right and the mom's acting is unfortunately very bad like she cannot fake cry at all but maybe that's intentional i i like to imagine like who it was like crocodile tears but barely well she's like a aged cheerleader alcoholic who she's a Stephen king heroine yeah who chain smokes and her husband the former football guy is still like the same dude I, I bet she feels like shit. Yeah. Yeah. The sheriff we see has arrived at to his destination yeah. in West Virginia. It's the old Sherman house. Which we know by the name on the mailbox. Yep. It's uh, a super rundown, like abandoned house. Mm-hmm. So he goes inside and he sort of looks around upstairs for a little bit, but then he finds the basement door, which has a big old lock on it. Mm-hmm. So he heads down and... Some spooky shit going on down there, I guess. Lots of chains, and yeah, he finds a crib amongst all of this chaos with a, a chained up baby in it. Yeah, well, like a baby, baby doll. doll. And while this is happening, like in the music, you can hear like chains and whips and people screaming yeah. <laughs> and stuff. 
So I don't know if that's just him imposing his mind on it or the actual music or... He leaves, and as he's walking out the door, we see that he was being watched the whole time by a woman with long black hair. And he gets back in the car, and then there's a jump scare where the radio kicks in, and it's Deputy Mina asking where he is. So he tells her that he's heading back, Mm -hmm. and she tells him that he has a meeting with Tom Sizzler Mm -hmm. about a Laura Lee Sherman, and that that the secretary set it up. Yeah, galvanizes him, basically. (laughs) Back in Cherry Falls, Kenny is shredding guitar when Jody arrives outside. Mm -hmm. And she comes upstairs, and they start hanging out in bed. And we see that Kenny's shoe matches the one from the cafeteria earlier. Yeah, you know how we know this? Because they're lying foot to head as he's giving her... A Quentin Tarantino-esque foot, foot massage. massage. And she starts getting really hot and heavy. This is another very interesting scene. It's very, like, kooky. I think she was trying to be like, I'll be a slut. And then you won't... It'll be like, you wanted it? Well, now I'm going to give it to you yeah. in a way that you don't like. There's some, like, foot fetish action where she tells him to bite her toe. And she kicks him Harder in the and harder. And she starts, times. like, kicking him in the face with her it. foot. <laughs> And he does not see him down at all. So so she takes her shirt off. And now that she's the sexual aggressor, he's very uncomfortable. And she starts like throwing back all of his lines at her. Oh, yeah. And you've been pressuring me for a whole year to sleep with you. Let's just do it. You're only doing it because you're pissed at your parents. Aw. What's wrong, Kenny? Can't you decide? It doesn't have to be this complicated, baby. No. Don't you like my body? I love you. I love your body, baby. I just want you to be with me. Because you want to be with me. So. Spare me the violin. And it's this weird, like, intense power dynamic swap. Role reverse in the universe. And now that she's down, he isn't down. So she decides that she's just going to leave. Yeah. I want it to be because you want it. Yeah. And he reveals that he's uh, jealous of Mr. Marleston. Ah, shit. And then he tells her that it was him spying on her at the school when she was talking to Marleston. So... She tells him that she didn't realize his brain was so diseased. Ooh, nice. And she goes to put on her cute little red Levi's jacket, jean jacket. And he, like, bear grabs her really creepily. Like, no, you can't go. And then he starts crying and doing, like, the old, I'm not, you're not breaking up with me. I'm breaking up with you. This guy is the biggest baby (laughs) ever. Men are the worst. Um, Since you mentioned her red jacket... Uh, I know I'm going to forget this later, but the the killer has, like, a black jacket, and then on the inside, it's red. Mm. And then, like, her jacket is red, and she's wearing all black under it. Like, she's, I think she's the only one that wears all black the entire time. She wears a denim jacket once. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, the sheriff mm-hmm. has arrived at school, and he goes to the principal's office only to find that the principal has been very murdered. And he has virgin knot carved into his forehead, and he's got, like, a smile carved on his face. Yeah. 
Uh, and then we see someone grab one of the uh, like football mm-hmm. statuettes from off a shelf and they knock the sheriff out. Meanwhile, the party is just getting started at uh, the, the fuck fest and we see all the cops. Uh, the deputy is the only female and the three like taller male ones are like, oh, hey, deputy, you want to go undercover in there? <laughs> Casual sexual harassment at work. All the kids are bringing their own beds. They're carrying mattresses. Oh, I didn't notice There's that. There's a That's huge hilarious. fire burning. Uh, it's very, like, uh, ritualistic. It's like a, a pagan sex orgy. Yeah, yeah. I liked it, though. Like, what, well, we'll get to that later. But inside, everyone is trying to sort of find, find Everyone love. is lit very nicely with this uh, yellow candlelight. Mm-hmm, very mm-hmm. good lighting. Uh, Mark is cruising for a hookup and he tries to get with uh, Sharon, but she hates the smell of his cologne. Yeah. Hey. Oh. Hi, Mark. Sharon, you look voluptuous. Uh, what is that smell? It's just a little cologne. I uh, wouldn't go near any candles if I were you. I might spontaneously combust. Hi, Mark. Oh, hi. What's that smell? Uh, nothing. I like it. Yeah? So then Sandy comes up from uh, behind him. Yeah. And she taps on his shoulder and... Then we see her notice the smell as well. Yeah. And she asks what the smell is. So he gets embarrassed and like turns away. And then she's like, I like it. And then he smiles. Yeah. Because he's like, damn. We see DJ Qualls and Friend picking uh, their dates. Yeah. It's like the nerds and geeks, male and female, see each other from across the room (laughs) and then just like pair up. Hi. Did you ever play Deathquake? Okay, but you have to wear a rubber. Cindy and Ben have paired up, and they're uh, dancing all close. They're negotiating yeah. how much he's going to give her. And I want your CDs. It's not my imports. I want everything. Domestic imports, bootlegs, works. Okay, you can have my CDs. And your K2 snowboard. Not my snowboard. All right. The board too. You know, that's an awful lot for 10 minutes of beasting. Don't flatter yourself. You'd be lucky to last 10 seconds. Uh-huh. You just better hope that when I erupt, you don't end up on the ceiling. His CD is imported and domestic. Yeah. And then his uh, snowboard as well. <laughs> imported and domestic. All for the privilege uh. of boning her. Isn't she like a rich? Isn't this her house? No, this no. is an abandoned hunting oh, club. Oh, okay. Aban- that makes that's sense. That's why it's like a garbage pile and that's why they're able to it's like where uh, jody says when sandy first tells her about it that it's like where people have like keggers nice like it's just like a party house for teens we should find one of those yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and a bunch of teens to hang out with too Mm -hmm. what's up fellow youths hey guys i have nothing in common with you and i don't want to talk to you (laughs) 
I think we should have sex to make sure we don't die. <laughs> yeah. No, just kidding. I Gross. wouldn't have sex with anyone under 25. Oh my Disclaimer. god. Could not relate. Uh, <laughs> and Kenny is talking with... Yeah, he shows up yeah. and uh, meets up with Sharon again. And everyone is uh, starting to make out. Things are starting to get mm-hmm. a little bit heavier. Kenny and Sharon start to make out, but he can't get hard. Oh, shit. So... For the second time that day, and he realizes that he wants Jody, so he leaves to go get her. Mm-hmm. So Jody has gone to Mr. Marsden's house where he is Marliston. Marliston. Yeah. She's gone to his house where he is dragging this like big trunk, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Oh, let me help you with that." Uh, and he's like, "Oh, thanks. Uh, this is going down in my basement, actually." And while they're moving it, she's telling him how much she she trusts him mm-hmm. and he asks you're the only one with a basement who i trust <laughs> uh, he asks that she doesn't trust her father mm-hmm. and she says that she recently found out a bunch of stuff about her dad and she doesn't feel the same way about him anymore and he's like oh what that he's a, a fraud a liar a criminal yeah and she's like yeah yeah actually um so what's in the trunk and then he sort of like kicks it down the stairs yeah, they push the trunk down the stairs oh it's your dad and she walks halfway down. She's like, what's in the trunk? Yeah. Dad. <laughs> Baby mine. So He's very quippy. She goes to the bottom and she opens the trunk and finds that it is indeed her dad inside. And uh, yeah. he's bloodied and he's got duct tape over his mouth. And she looks up. Mr. Marlison's come down the stairs. Yeah, she surveys her surroundings. Uh, she spots the uh, long oh, wig. Yeah. And uh, then Marliston knocks her the fuck out. Yeah, he punches her directly in the face. Pretty nice. (laughs) When Uh, she comes to. Yeah, when she comes to, she finds herself strapped to a chair in his basement, which I guess maybe we're assuming used to be like a mortuary or like a funeral home or something based on what's in the basement. Yeah, there's a lot of implements. And so Marliston tells the sheriff to tell the story of Laura Lee Sherman's rape. Yeah, while he's getting up and dragged. Yeah, because it's going to hurt. He's going to be the one to hurt his daughter. Yeah. But she starts screaming that he can't hurt her with the story because her mother already told mm-hmm. her the story. And uh, Brittany Murphy and Jay Moore, who plays Mr. Marliston, do this like a uh, funny thing where she starts like chomp yeah. biting at him. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> She's like really like... Rah! She is. She was such a good actress. And then he is like kissing her forehead. Yeah, I don't know. They have a really good chemistry. Like it's an authentic hate. <laughs> but the sheriff begins telling the story of Laura Lee Sherman's mm-hmm. rape from his perspective. Yeah. So they were drunk as shit driving your car as you do apparently in this county. Jesus Christ, these people. Uh, and they were celebrating the end of high school. They're all wearing their Letterman jackets, and they come across uh, her broken-down car, Laura Lee Sherman's broken-down car, in the middle of nowhere. Yes. Then we saw a car broke down on this side of the road. It was Laura Lee. We all knew her from school. She was a weird kid. Kind of pretty in a way, I guess. I was in really bad shape. 
Tom told her to get into his car, but she wouldn't do it. So they started teasing her. Laughing at her. And then she got mad. She called Tom a homo. And then she just took off. They took off right after her. Things got crazy. They poured booze down her throat. And I guess what happened... Well, you know what happened. Yeah, well, I don't remember, so keep going. First time that Harry... Then Jim. Then they came looking for me. Then they grabbed me. They threw me on top of her. But I knew what I was doing. God help me, I knew what I was doing. God, Daddy. But he was too drunk to... So, I don't know. I feel like he definitely was sexually assaulted as well well yeah and i will say like that sort of shit is not uncommon it's gross that's awful yeah um marliston is in full drag now Mm -hmm. Uh, he spent a lot of time doing his makeup for it to look like he's not wearing any makeup at all (laughs) he's got like a 90s like nude look yeah (laughs) (laughs) he tells uh the sheriff that laura lee was in love with him and shows him a bunch of love letters Mm -hmm. And after the rape, she became pregnant with his child, mm-hmm. who is Mr. Marleston, and beat the shit out of him all the time because he reminded Laura Lee of the person she yeah, hated most. She had no one else to tell the story to, so she told it to him over and over again. And that's when Kenny shows up and decides to repeatedly and angrily ring the doorbell. Yeah, just as Marleston is cutting open Jody's leg wound again. God damn that bell! <laughs> it's hilarious. He goes upstairs to open the door. He's wearing like a kimono. And he's totally dropped like the whole mild-mannered teacher charade at this point. Hi, Kenny. What are you doing here at midnight? Mr. Something wrong with your mouth, Kenny? What do you want? Where's Jody? How should I know? Because her bike is parked by your stairs. No, it's not. Why are you looking at me like that, Kenny? Why are you wearing lipstick? Because it makes me pretty. Yeah, and and while he like pulls a knife out, and then Kenny got yeah, some like knees him in the gut really nice i would not be able to think that quick and even better than just kneeing him in the gut he jumps inside slams the door shut and locks him out <laughs> hilarious the uh, sheriff smashes a mirror downstairs which mm-hmm. alerts kenny who comes running down just as marliston has grabbed a very shiny chrome very and red shiny. axe yeah. and starts smashing the door down he runs back in and downstairs, and the sheriff tackles him and starts choking him out. Mm-hmm. But then Marleston grabs his knife that's right beside him and stabs the sheriff right in the neck. And there's blood. Yeah, arterial spray face. everywhere. The sheriff goes down, um, but then 
he stabs Marleston in the leg with a nearby weapon of some like kind. Like one of the ones that got knocked yeah. off during the ruckus. It was really nice. Kenny is like dragging a screaming Jody mm-hmm. away, trying to get to safety. Because the sheriff's like, take my daughter and yeah. go. <laughs> and they flee to the... The, the woods, the fuck house, just as yeah. like Marleston is using the axe to chop the sheriff up. Oh, does he kill him? Yeah, I didn't see it. I was too busy writing notes. He like, well, I, I definitely the neck wound would have killed him. Yeah, but that's then true. he takes the axe and like starts chopping him well, as uh, Jody and Kenny are running through the can't woods. Can't say I blame him, I guess. Thankfully, the sex party isn't too far off, mm-hmm. and they come across one of the cops at the the perimeter. And they tell him everything, so yeah. he radios Deputy Mina, and she has, like, a full heartbreak about the fact that the sheriff has died. Yeah. Back with uh, the officer, mm-hmm. they're trying to get him to, like, leave. Yeah, we to, gotta like, go back them. to the house. And... and he says, This is my post. I can't just split. <laughs> and then he gets axed in the head. And splitting his head open. <laughs> it was great. Blood goes all over mm-hmm. Jody and Kenny, and, and they they scream. they scream and they run away uh, <laughs> directly into the sex yeah, party. But they go to the house, and uh, everyone is busy busy boning mm-hmm. except for Sandy and Mark. It's so cute. Who are just still staring at each other in the eye, dancing romantically. So cute. Jody and Kenny run into a room filled with uh, kids who are fucking who are fucking and they scream that it's marliston and everyone starts screaming and marliston comes in and drops a really good line and then he starts like slashing people left and right like there are so many people in this room he doesn't really have to do very much and he there's blood it reminded me a lot of the rap scene in the burning where it's Uh, just like here's a bunch of characters dying all at one time i loved it uh, people are getting trampled as they're trying to get away. Yeah, and like they, a sh- uh, deputy's trying to get upstairs, and he gets pinned to the wall. And no, that's that's Mina. Me? That's Mina. Yeah, that she gets crushed? pinned that's to the wall at the, at the stairs. And uh, everyone is just toppled over each other, piled up on the stairs, trying to get downstairs to the point where the banisters yeah, break the and banisters they fall. Break. Very realistic, sort of like crush scenario. All of our featured players, though, seem mm-hmm. to be surviving. Uh, Jody goes to try and hide in like a bathroom and she sees like the nerd guy and his date in there but she just tells them to stay in there yep. and she like closes the door um, we see Ben and Cindy Cindy's like asleep on top of him and mm-hmm. he just like pulls the cover over top of his head ultimate disguise to hide and uh, as Jody's running out mm-hmm. of the room after telling the the nerd to stay in there Marliston like attacks her mm-hmm. and a chase ensues they like run upstairs and he's on top of jody and then he has some sort of like flashback doesn't he or is that later well he's on top of jody Uh and then uh kenny comes in and like jumps on his back to try and get him off and then he turns around and slashes kenny's chest like abdomen diagonally and and you think he's dead and this sets Jody fucking off. She oh, starts yeah. having like flashes of like Mr. Marlston being nice, all mm-hmm. being attacked earlier, and all these like flashes. Yeah. 
and uh, he's like maniacally looking evil and like yelling. So he charges at her, and then she uses the self-defense book from earlier with her dad, and she sends him out of the window, off the balcony, and then he gets impaled on the broken railing below. That's great. See, I was very confused, and I thought that for some reason he was like jumped out. And no, I was like, no, no. why would he do that? No, okay, she flips that him out. Per- that's great. Yeah, it was a pretty solid move. Yeah. She's, a, she's a pretty good, like, survivor girl. Yeah, and it, like, it's a callback, too, which is nice. Mark is down there. All of the kids are down mm-hmm. there. And he gets close to investigate, and he, like, takes off the, the wig. Everyone sees that it's Mr. Marleston. Yeah. And then Marleston gets the, the classic last scare. He comes back to life and, like, grabs Mark by the hair. Mm-hmm. And Deputy Mina emerges with a gun in each hand. Yeah, she fucking blasts him. Yeah, she starts blasting him. him She shoots his hand off. All of the kids get sprayed with like blood and and ephemera. It's nice. And they lost their innocence, one way or the other. Every way. (laughs) The hand is still stuck in Mark's hair. (laughs) So good. And we see them all like cowering, covered in blood. Mm -hmm. And then we cut to sometime later well kenny comes kenny oh yeah kenny, is like kenny and jody oh, kiss oh we're i'm alive still somehow <laughs> yeah and then they kiss so that's good cut to sometime later as you said yeah jody and her mom are talking with uh, the police and the fbi they are asking if they have like there's you have no what? idea why marliston would want to kill you and your father no i have no idea and uh yeah so they leave the station and Jody sees who she thinks is Laura Lee Sherman across the street. Mm-hmm. But as a bus drives by, she disappears. And her and her mom drive off into the sunset. And then we see the Cherry Falls turn red for some reason. Ooh, bad CGI. Yeah, yeah. it's not great special effects there. But they yeah. never do say what happened to his mom. Like Dr. Marleson's mom, Laura Lee I, I think she's still alive. Yeah. Because I think that would have been her who watched, mm-hmm. who like saw the sheriff at I the house it. because there's no way yeah. Marleston could have been yeah, there. Yeah, why would he be there? Like, why would he know that he Yeah, was, he was yeah, busy killing the, killing the principal. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and then so that was probably her at the end as well. Uh, yeah. Great movie. I really liked yeah, it. Yeah, I really like it too. It does obviously have its problems, but um, overall, really good kind of uh, un- it's like an American Giallo a yeah. little bit. A little bit. Yeah, I can see that for yeah. sure. I mean, they, it they, definitely has that like psychosexual element. And the like, the killer is disguised as someone else, and, and there are all these like weird characters and stuff. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. I really liked it. I like that really none of the characters died. Like, other than, like, the dad and the... Like, none of her friends died. Yeah, that's a good point. It's all, like, peripheral characters. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a lot different because, um, like, in Scream, and I know what you did last summer and everything, it's always, like, everyone around the the final Mm -hmm. girl Mm -hmm. is the one who dies. I feel like Kenny's come-to-Jesus realization regarding sex with Jody was very, like, 40-year-old virgin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I really like it. So, uh, I it was one that when I first saw it, I mean, when it first came out, we were what, like 10, 11 ish? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I remember not liking it then, like when we rented it, but 
revisiting it as an adult, I liked it a lot more. Like, I always forget how much I like it. I like the dialogue's really good and snappy. The the killer is there's a switch. Like, yeah. like there's a switch. He gets so frenetic. The he's so quippy. He did a really good job with and it. And it's very unusual. Yeah. Definitely. It well, it subverts the whole like don't have sex thing. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I don't know. I this is a really good movie. So, would you like <laughs> to hear the Six Degrees of Jamie Lee first, or would you like to hear about the production first? Mm, let's do Six Degrees as a aperitif, and then yeah, yeah, appetizer. Sounds good. Yeah. So we have Brittany Murphy, obviously, who is in Sin City with Josh Hartnett, mm-hmm. who is in Halloween H two O with. Jamie Lee Curtis. Nice. So it's a pretty easy one again. Yeah, good connection. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So like I said, I do have a bit about um, the production. Tell me about because, it. Because uh, they do talk a lot about it on the Scream Factory Blu-ray um, that came out two years ago. So yeah, there's lots of commentary and stuff on there. You can find it on YouTube. So in the years after like Scream came out in 1996, obviously there were a bunch of, just like Halloween, a bunch of follow-up releases yeah. in the same vein. So like I Know You Did Last Summer, Urban Legend, Valentine, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Then there's Cherry Falls, which is definitely in that wave, but largely forgotten, which kind of sucks because I think it's really, really good. Oh, yeah. So the reason it is so forgotten is because it never got a theatrical release. It was only released on TV. That's nuts. In the U- in the U.S. anyway. Um, because it had so many, like, cuts by the MPAA, it went over time oh, and over budget. Shame. Yeah. So it was going to be distributed by October Films, which was a major U.S. independent film production company owned by Universal. And after filming wrapped, Universal sold its shares of October Films uh, in 1999, which then merged with Gramercy Pictures Ugh. and renamed the company USA Films. And when that happened, essentially all hell broke loose. Yeah. Um, at the time of Cherry Falls' release, the Senate was having hearings over sex and violence in teen films because of Columbine, mm. and it threw uh, a pretty big spotlight on like movies in the genre like Cherry Falls. And because USA Films was a new company, they didn't want their first release to be defiant of the Senate. And so it was given a TV release as opposed to a theatrical release. It had huge cuts. Oh, I bet. Because initially it was given like an NC-17 rating and then an R, but they obviously had to cut lots of that for it to be able to be played on TV. So on a budget of $14 million, it has the distinction of being the most expensive TV movie ever made. That's... Can you imagine what the NC-17 version would have been like? Yeah amazing the unfortunate thing about that is the director thinks that the scenes still exist Mm -hmm. but scream factory which released the blu-ray usually do like unrated cuts and stuff like that yeah they contacted universal universal said that they didn't have the the footage the director didn't have the footage but he thinks it's probably just sitting on a shelf somewhere and Oh, they I'm just sure don't know where is. it is. I'm sure it is. They they save all that shit. Yeah. Wow, that sucks. So much like Slumber Party Massacre, Cherry Falls was written by Ken Selden as a satire. And it has obviously plenty of comedic elements. But the director, Jeffrey Wright, viewed it as like a much more serious movie. Mm-hmm. 
And so he kept a lot of the satire, but he also like amped up the horror and took out most of the the comedy from the script, which would pretty much work against it when it went in front of the Mm -hmm. MPAA. Mm -hmm. Like when um, Scream was being made, the finale of Scream came under a lot of the same scrutiny, but Wes Craven sold it as like, being a comedy Mm. so he was able to like sort of get around the nc-17 rating so cherry falls had a 30-day time frame to shoot the director went over budget and behind schedule pretty early in the shoot and a lot of the scenes are first takes wow featured in the movie so that that makes it more impressive and also sort of makes you wonder like what could have happened had it like been able to be fully realized i can't imagine i can't believe that their first takes because most of them don't well i guess Brittany murphy's an amazing actress was an amazing actress yeah yeah, yeah she, like they just weren't able to like uh come back to locations to do research reshoots and stuff yeah, so they had to really just go with what they had wright had a very specific vision of what he wanted and i guess he frequently clashed with members of the crew especially the cinematographer Anthony B. Richmond, uh, who did films like Don't Look Now and Candyman, but now he does movies like Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Squeakwell. Oh, no. Uh, Wright is totally forthcoming with us. He totally agrees with uh, the sentiment, and he even, like, confesses to pissing off Jay Moore by demanding, like, a flexible schedule from Mm -hmm. all the actors. And he has this like story where the cinematographer walked off the set and didn't come back for two days because he thought that Jeffrey Wright was using too much blood in one of the scenes. Wow. Too but much blood. He he really does in the, the commentary take a lot of the responsibility for most of the tension that yeah. took place on set. Hindsight. It was a victim of the times, too. Like I said, it was post-Columbine. Mm-hmm. So a lot of movies in the late 90s and early 2000s, particularly horror films, had to uh, trim most of their violence. Oh, I bet. And so with Cherry Falls, nearly all of the death scenes were either cut out or they just removed the, the gore. So a lot of the graphic shots were taken out. And like the... The scene with the deputy's head is cleaved in, oh, yeah. in half. And the, like, Marleston's death is missing the shot of the actual penetration. Nice. And Wright says all of the, the films were, or, like, all of the scenes were shot, but they just had to be removed. So the biggest one that caused a lot of the uproar for the MPAA was mm-hmm. obviously the orgy scene. Um because you obviously can't just like show a bunch of minors having a sex party. Originally in the script, the scene was written much more like uh, artfully. Okay. Where it was just going to be writhing bodies underneath a giant white sheet. (laughs) And then as like the killer came by, you would just see like the, the blood form on the like sheets when he would like stab something. So, the director obviously decided to go with like a more graphic route mm-hmm. and show everything. But like I said, they got an NC-17 rating. So they had to cut most of it out. There's even like nudity. So they had to remove all of that. But yeah. 
So it was really a victim of the MPAA, which yeah. is a recurring theme in a lot of the movies we've talked about, really, but none from this time period. Most of the ones that we've talked about where that's happened have been, like, the the video nasties and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. glad that... Uh, so I, I hope that one day, like, they are able to find these scenes oh, and, like, release too. it, because I would love to see, like, an uncut or even a director's cut, like, a fully realized version of the movie, because I, I think people would kind of lose their mind over it i bet it'd be really intense yeah i bet it is yeah i wish it had a better score too yes but i think that goes hand in hand with the tv movie thing and it's the time that it came out in yeah (laughs) not the best time (laughs) even if they just like riffed on scream score or something Mm -hmm. but yeah no all things considered i really love this movie me too so the end the end (laughs) and with that it's our time to plug all of our social meds. Stands for social media. Yes. Uh, def, at Def First Blood yeah, is our Twitter. Twitter. At Definitely First Blood is our Instagram. Uh, Definitely First Blood at gmail.com uh, is our email. If Feel you, free to send us an email. Give us some feedback. Rate and comment us anywhere you might listen to a podcast. If you have personal stories about any of these movies, like your great uncle was like the best boy. That'd be great. Always good to share. We love Antiques Roadshow (laughs) and they do that shit all the time. So thank you so much for listening. Mm -hmm. This was our 26th episode, which means we've officially been doing this for six months now. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Congrats to you too, man. And we (laughs) plan on doing another six more. Um, We don't know what we're going to be doing next week, but we will figure it out and we'll post it on our social media. Probably. I've been really bad lately, so we've been doing it on Thursdays. But thank you so much for listening. And I hope you have an awesome weekend. Goodbye. Goodbye. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Bye.